This is a special episode of the Connected Movement podcast. In this show, we decided to flip the script. My guest, Darren Duguay, a certified emotional fitness educator, asks me the questions. We thought it would be a great way to demonstrate the power of his practice by showing rather than telling. Only days before the interview was scheduled to happen, I had some profound life changes happening that cracked my heart wide open. And as you can hear in this interview, I'm feeling some deep emotions move through me. I could have easily rescheduled the interview, but instead I wanted to lean into the emotions and model vulnerability. Because that's the more beautiful world that I want to co-create. One where we live into our values and principles, even when it's scary. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to episode number 13 of the Connected Movement Podcast. I'm your host, Stu Murray. Are you disillusioned with our old, outdated systems and stories? Are you tired of the growing polarization in society? So am I. My aim is to engage in and unpack conversations with people from all walks of life as a means of co-creating a way forward for humanity. Today's guest is Darren Duguay. Darren has... Today's guest is Darren Duguay. Darren has completed 27 years service in the Canadian Armed Forces. He embraces his roots of being Indigenous as well as his journey with complex post-traumatic stress to serve others. Upon return from Afghanistan in 2011, he returned back to school in 2012 with the Emotional Fitness Institute to receive his Emotional Fitness Coach and Instructor Certification after completing two years of intensive experiential education and training. As an emotional fitness educator for nine years and founder of the Emotional Fitness Academy, Darren leverages his experience to support people with tools of emotional fitness. I really hope you enjoy this episode. And before we dive in, a thank you to our sponsor, Karen Phytoplankton. Many daily discomforts are the result of malnourishment. You may be malnourished if you crash in the afternoon, you have digestive issues, you get lots of headaches, have trouble sleeping, you have muscle or joint pain, have trouble concentrating, and so on. The good news is the right supplementation can help with this. I've personally benefited from using Karen Phytoplankton, which has helped me find more energy in the afternoons and beat that crash. You can find Karen Phytoplankton products at Costco locations or online at thekarenproject.ca. Without further ado, let's dive in. Thank you, Darren, for offering your time to come on and join me on the show today. And as we get in, I'd love for you to share with the listeners what it is that you do and what you've been working on and your journey that, that brought you here. Hmm. Well, Stu, thank you uh, so much for the invitation. And I really I'd like to commend you and what is happening around this particular podcast initiative. And as I heard about a vulnerability, holding space, connection, community, culture, I really love that, Stu. So thank you for being part of the co-creative journey. And uh, I appreciate the opportunity to share some space tonight, today. It's a pleasure, Darren. So I heard the question about what do I do? Uh, And a little bit about myself or my journey. Did I catch that correctly? Yes, absolutely. Well, geez, what do I do? Uh, And how did I end up coming to uh, be? Well, I think the biggest thing is about it's been a 56-year journey on the human egoic level and 56 years and much more than that on a spiritual level. I've been on a fairly intensive healing journey since coming back from Afghanistan in 2011. Uh, After a a process of uh, surrendering, working on getting 
out of my head and my ego and being open, surrendering, surrendering to my creator. And then for the most part, since 2011, very intentional about my own personal healing. So working on my own personal healing, uh, connecting with my roots of being Indigenous and Mi'kmaq, being grateful and blessed to have connected with my community of like-minded spirits, which I uh, see easily yourself, Stu, within that space, as well as our listeners today. And to really embrace the culture and continue to embrace my culture of self-compassion, self-love, and growth on four primary pillars. A little bit of a, as I heard during the first part of today's call, a shift. So I kind of shifted from a focus on the physical and mental part of myself to a spiritual one around the third week of uh, July in Kabul. And then in the fall of 2012, the fourth key component of the Indigenous Medicine Wheel Circle of Health, and that was the emotional piece. So to be able to grasp holistically, physical, mental, spiritual, emotional, first and foremost, my own healing, so that I can be in a better place to hold space while someone else goes to their own healing. And for me, while at the same time, staying out of the way of someone else trying to heal themselves. Mm -hmm. That's a little bit about me, Stu. That's beautiful, Darren. I think we're at a time where as, as individuals and as the collective, we're going through a, a grieving process because um, there are stories and ways of being that haven't been serving us. And letting that go and being able to step into the fullness of who we are involves a lot of pain and a lot of shedding. And we are certainly, <laughs> and I can speak to that as an individual, going through some some massive shifts and some massive changes and healing is going to be at the core of that and how we move forward and being able to have leaders like yourself who can help hold space for that collective and the individual process of healing is extremely important you're welcome so we're we're planning to do something a little different for the listeners normally i'm the one who's uh, diving deep in to the process of, of being the listener and reflecting back and asking some deeper, more prodding questions. And today um, with the work Darren's doing, we thought it would be interesting to, to flip that script and have him um, be able to help hold space and really share a lot of the work that you do, Darren, um, through us holding that space vulnerably together and just diving in rather than talking about it, getting right down, doing it. Diving right in, Stu. <laughs> okay. So thank you so much, uh, Stu. And we did hear a little bit about uh, the essence of connection, community, culture, focus on new ways of being. Um, Emotional Fitness Redshirt Trademark are founded and created uh, by Warren Redmond, the work that really started on or about July of 1984 in the UK. And an influential teacher of Warren was Eugene Heimler, uh, a survivor of the Auschwitz concentration camp. Warren made his way to uh, Canada 
Uh, and then subsequently, first entry point was Calgary, and then made his way into the east coast of New Brunswick. And at the uh, young age of his early 80s, continues to be a very vibrant author in the nonfiction world, but has uh, authored multiple uh, books specifically on emotional fitness. So I figured, since it's about diving in and new ways of being, and it's connected with culture, I figured, uh, why don't we dive into a little bit about emotional fitness, registered trademark, R, and culture. So maybe the first thing I'll ask you, Stu, is can you share a little bit about what connection, community, culture means for you? Mm. That's a loaded question. (laughs) I think um, for me, what comes up right away is when I think about connection, I think both internally and externally and, you know, in, in a real level, the, that those exist on a spectrum and they really are one and that cohesion and connection in our outer world or the lack thereof is, is often a reflection of what is going on inside. And I think I personally feel deeply at peace when I feel connection, when I feel like things are, are perfect as, as they are, even if it's challenging, even in, in all of the wholeness of what it is. And some of my greatest suffering uh, comes when I'm feeling disconnected. And I think so much of my pain and our collective pain is process and comes from us being disconnected from ourselves, from one another, from spirit. And so for me, connection and community is everything. It, it really is the whole, the totality. And, uh, you know, a story that comes up for me there is when, when Buddha was asked if he's, one of his disciples was asked and said, I heard that community is half of the spiritual journey. And he turns to the disciple and says, no, it's, it's everything. And for me, community provides that mirror on how I'm showing up and how I can continue to lean in and be a better human every single day because I want connection and I want others to feel connection. And I believe that peace and harmony and love will be found when we can lean into connection with ourselves, with one another and with spirit. Hmm. So I'm going to invite you, Stu, to write down for yourself in this moment a couple of questions based upon what you shared. But I did hear something about feeling deeply at peace when I feel connected. And I experience pain, suffering when I am disconnected. If you were to ask yourself one question around that, what would that one question be in about, let's say, uh, up to about eight or nine words? Maybe a lot less, but. Okay. And so what's the question I have? (laughs) The question to ask that first comes up is what brings me into deeper connection? What brings me into deeper connection? So what does bring me into deeper connection? For me, I know that one huge aspect of that is is being in my body, being present with the sensations, whatever's coming up in me, uh, being able to feel that very physically, very tangibly, um, regardless of what that sensation is. But 
to be able to allow it and to notice it and to be in presence with whatever is arising in the senses in my body. And I think for me, that's always been that initial tool because it's so tangible. And, and from there brings some of the deeper layers of what brings connection for me is then into being in connection with others, being able to be present with another human being and not to think about a response or to think about what I need to do, but to look at them in the eyes, to be able to listen to what they're saying, but underneath the words to feel the emotions of what's alive in them, to connect with what's alive in myself. And for me, Darren, sometimes being able to do that is, is very challenging because I've not been raised in a world that has offered me a, a wonderful container to hold space for all of that. And so I've often used tactics to be able to shelter myself from feeling everything fully. And so I need to rely on practices like meditation and yoga, being in nature, being close to um, friends and loved ones that, that I really care about and that really care about me and who reflect unconditional love particularly in the moments where I don't always feel that. So uh, just coming back, coming back whenever the mind drifts away to, to come back to presence and lean on the tools and the external resources that I have to help bring me back to that presence. I heard about my world. Can you share a little bit about the experience of Stu's world? Mm. Stu grew up in a world where men were taught how to deal with the intense emotions that they feel, let alone express them. And so, I've dealt with a lot of internalized emotion for much of my life. And one thing that's I've been gifted with is, is an intellect and, and an ability to use my mind and my words. And that's taken me a long way in, in, in a whole variety of ways. And it's also been a source of protection for me. And, and so when times come up where in Stu's world, the emotions become really strong and what I'm really needing is to lean into that emotion because it's teaching me something. I've had a tendency to defer to the intellect and to dive heavy into the words as a way of what I'm realizing now to shield myself from feeling fully, to shield myself from the lessons and the, the deep, the deep healing that could take place if I were to lean in and feel those emotions. And as you can tell in, in some of my responses, there's some big shifts going on in my life. And I'm at a point where that intellect is not serving me in, in all of its ways. And there's a deep knowing in every cell in my body that, it, that it's time to feel more. To feel more. And what would that be like, Stu? To feel more. Oh. I think for me, um, one of the things that comes up right away when you ask me that is the notion of certainty and how much my rational mind and what I've, what I've inherited from 
father culture has taught me to try and make things certain. And, you know, that's just not the reality of life. And so I've went, when met with uncertainty, when met with something that might question my or challenge my feeling of not being enough, my default response has been to make something certain so that I don't have to sit in any ambiguity. So I don't have to sit with the not knowing. So I don't have to sit with the the doubt of being enough or the feeling of pain that comes from being disconnected. And so I can do enough on the surface to cover that pain or to give the illusion that I've got everything under control whether that's for myself or whether that's for others. And the reality is, is that I'm not in control. (laughs) And so when I'm in power is when I can learn to surrender, when I can learn to accept, when I can learn to be with what is, even if it hurts, even if it's painful, even if I don't know what the outcome of that might look like. I don't need to make things certain. You mentioned something, Stu, about bother culture. Would you like to touch on that? What did that, what did that look like and what did that feel like? Father culture. I I used father culture in particular because it's it's no doubt that we've inherited a story uh, that is rooted in, in the masculine and not a healthy expression of the masculine. And so we've kind of been, there's a South American prophecy which talks about you know, us almost being like a bird with one wing. And we've been flying in circles, just repeating these patterns and doubling down on on that masculine, on that intense masculine energy. And we are so far out of balance. We are so far off kilter. And it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, we are all a product of this story of father culture to varying degrees. And, and, you know, the relationships we've had in our lives will impact the degrees in which those forces will dive into us and, and perhaps consume and influence our ways of being. But we've not been taught even how to learn how to breathe, to learn how to listen to each other to learn how to communicate in a way that allows all people to have their needs met. We've inherited a story of the people that is rooted in separation and scarcity. And that's been going on for millennia and it it feels like it's reaching a really critical point in the development of culture with more and more people becoming homeless with more and more food security issues with more and more greed and transfer of wealth to very few people, the decimation of the planet, our desire to protect life at all costs, no matter what we trample along the way. This idea that more for you means less for me. It's not serving us. It's not serving us at all. And so whether we want to admit that or not, we have that fingerprint in our heart. These these experiences and the environment that we've been raised in has, has shaped 
a lot of how we see the world because we don't see the world as it is. We see the world as we are. And we have varying degrees of conscious understanding of that. And a lot of that lives unconsciously. And we might want to tear down the patriarchy or tear down capitalism and yet are using, we're still living in the story of force, the story of separation to affect that change. And I think our time for, for father culture is at a, at a transition point. We're at a, a critical shift, a critical why in the road where we can choose to double down on the story of force, the story of separation, the story of scarcity, or we can choose to dive into our hearts and cultivate that story that of interbeing, the story of connection, the story of community, the story of abundance, where more for you means more for me. And I think that time is, is now. So I'm hearing Stu, your, your time is now. My time is now, Darren. <laughs> it is, it is, you know, I, um, I very much feel that. And I know that as within, so without, and the more I can lean into my healing, the more I can feel, the more I can embody what I think it really means to be a man in this human existence, the more I will be a, a vessel for, for change and for inspired change and be able to help, as you said earlier, hold space for the collective healing that we need to move through in order to birth more beautiful world that our hearts know is possible. Mm. Through your sharing, Stu, I heard a couple things. <clears throat> I heard culture, I heard balance, and I heard story. Which one of those threes, which one of those three is particularly important for you in this moment? Culture, balance, story mm. that's a tough question i i mean i think two two of them really come up very clear to me um you know i think personally balance is a, is a deep one that i'm always ongoing and that's always at the forefront but the one that really hits home for me right now is story okay so Let's give yourself an opportunity as well as your as well as our listeners today to experience a little bit about story. Hmm. So, Stu, in this moment, I would like you to look around your physical space or on your physical possession. And I would like you to select an object or an item that you feel particularly connected to. Beautiful. So, Stu, would you would you mind sharing with the with the uh, group what is it that you have selected for an object or an item, and can you kind of describe it? Mm -hmm. I looked over to my right and um, my mother had framed pictures of my sister and I. There's three of them in a black frame and they're all in a black and white. And my sister's probably about a year old, maybe just a bit more. And I'm about five years old. And uh, it's the two of us together. Uh, playing, connecting in in deep joy on our old family couch. <laughs> so my invitation to you at this present time, Stu, 
And thank you for describing that. Is I would like you to, as you're looking at your picture frame of your sister and yourself, yourself being five years old, something that your mom did for you. And I would like you to verbalize. So share with us a story of this picture frame as if you are the picture frame. And I would like you to describe and share a story of that picture frame, the pictures, in whatever way you would like to personalize it and in the present tense. And we'll give you five minutes to do that, too. So it's it would maybe start off with something like, I am a picture frame. Mm. I am. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> I am a picture frame. And I contain pictures. Mm. So I'll let you continue that storyline as if you are that item that you're looking at. Hmm. I am a picture frame and I contain pictures. I am rectangle and black with a silver trim around my three individual frames inside of me. And in the heart of my three little frames have been placed a timeless memory of two young humans who shared so much of their lives together. Two humans with a fresh perspective of the world with very little impression from father culture who live in a sense of play in a sense of wonder who have innate respect and love for one another. My pictures are colorless and offer a memory that can transcend a feeling of time. And connect whoever takes me in, whoever is willing to look at me to that timeless place, to a place that exists in the hearts of each person. Of connection, of presence, of curiosity, of compassion, of play, and remind us that life is short. I will remind people that life is present and passing by with each moment and that all we have is this moment, a series of photographs, a series of imprints. And I will remind you to not squander that opportunity and to tell those who are in your life that you love them every chance that you have. I will remind myself that my life is short. What does, what does that look like, Stu? I will remind myself 
that my life is short. And I will take the opportunities to tell myself that I love me. Mm. That feels um, feels like what I need to hear. And I need to offer that to myself more. Because I spend a lot of time making sure those around me are cared for and are provided for. And as much as I have the positive practices and as much as I accomplish, there's often a voice that screams inside, no matter how much I do, how many things I put out into the world, how many people I serve, there's something underneath that worries I'm not enough. And so I think it's important to be able to hold space for that part of me, to be able to see that little boy and offer him love. Know that to tell him that he doesn't have to be anything to anyone to be enough. So during this little exercise, Stu, I'm hearing that the I that what's important is my story. And to spend a little bit more time saying certain things to my little boy. And possibly, if I choose to do so, maybe use a, a, a tool that we had a chance to taste it a little bit of. The first part of a three-phase tool called storytelling in emotional fitness, which might help to connect Stu with Stu and to explore that internal community of Stu of today, the five-year-old boy in the picture, community with my sister and other people and my whole internal culture. And I believe I heard earlier about you know, kind of what's happening around me is kind of an, a reflection of what's going on within. So this was a little taste of, of a tool. So based upon what came up today, Stu, and there is what do you want to do with today's experience? Oh, man. <laughs> Another loaded question. I am... Often, Darren, somebody who, who thrives when I take time to process, when I take time to step back and, and to work on that integration. So, you know, up front, I'll have to say that more lessons and more reflection on this will be downloaded as things pass on. But, you know, we're, we're talking on a really vulnerable day for me. And I think um, it's important to me. It was important to me. I, I could have, I could have said maybe this isn't the day to have this conversation, but it's important to me to be a change, to be that change that I want to see and to lean in and to be a part of the healing and to move from telling and directive from that rational place to, to showing and to living into what I believe to be true and what I want to see more of in this world. And so I'm realizing, you know, and our conversation is affirming that is there's a shift that's required in my being to move more deeply into feeling, more deeply into holding space for uncertainty and for the possibility of what could come from that. And to 
spend more time with that wounded little boy who didn't maybe get the love that he needed or has a story that he tells himself that he's not enough. And to not revert to doing more to satisfy that. But instead, to hold space, to offer unconditional love, and to change that story to a story where nothing needs to be done. And yet, he is perfectly enough. And he is capable, he's competent, he doesn't need to receive any external validation to know that he is loved, to know that he is enough, to know that he matters, that he belongs, and the conversation is also reminding me to double down on my important connections in my life and to water them at the root and to do a better job of listening from my heart and not just regurgitating a bunch of fancy words or straddling that edge and being semi-available and keeping my arm extended and <laughs> keeping that bit safe. I, I want to open my heart. I want to open my heart and I want to lean in to that new story of that more beautiful world that I know is possible and connect more deeply with my brothers and sisters on this planet and help catalyze and accelerate our individual and our collective healing to root down in my integrities and my values to take responsibility for what happens to me and through me and to dive deep into community, whether that's when I'm on my own in the natural community or when I'm in civilization to be able to be present and to hold space for the potentiality that we can co-create together on this beautiful, abundant planet. Thank you, Stu, for sharing that. And I'd invite you after today's podcast, just kind of write down your plan. Paint that picture. You're doing incredible work. And we need we need more of this kind of healing and connection with that emotional side of us and, and that emotional fitness work that you're doing and, and facilitating with people as some would have heard today parts of that in, the, in this conversation uh, it's it's the work for sure part of what's going to help us step into that new story and for anybody who is interested in learning more where could they go to uh, perhaps work with you or learn more about the emotional fitness yep absolutely so um i'm the my one of my advisors and mentors tells me that i'm the creator uh slash founder of the emotional fitness academy um and so invite everybody to uh, check out emotional fitness period academy that's the website address and we're going to be updating that over the next uh 60 days and we have our next newsletter that's going to be going out over the next uh, 72 hours Look us up on uh, Facebook. Uh, look us up uh, directly. We do have a number of individuals who are trained 
in this field of work. Uh, but I think the biggest thing I really like to pay recognition to, Stu, is the importance of embracing, as I heard today, the connection, the community, and the culture of our Indigenous people. To really embrace the circle of health, the medicine wheel. To connect with the powwows. We're getting into the powwow season. The uh, drumming circle. Uh, we have a beautiful drumming circle that takes place usually the third Thursday of the month, uh, Reg Roy. And there is a sweat lodge ceremony that takes place throughout, but we have one uh, in Dorchester, which is plus or minus 25 minutes from here, facilitated by J.J. Bear on Friday nights. Uh, look up the uh, powwow season, because I think what's important, Stu, is the uh, the whole community connection and culture of education on a global higher level view so knowing that we're all here individually for a divine purpose that there is as we heard through the first song there are four primary components to support ourselves in our healing. And that's the physical, mental, spiritual, and emotional pieces. It is important to really embrace the connection, culture, and community of the four. For too long, we have focused on physical, mental, spiritual. And what happens if I try to sit on a four-legged chair? with just three legs that are fairly strong because I focused on them. What's going to happen if I drive down the uh, road with my uh, vehicle that is intended to drive on four balanced, relatively inflated at the same level tires? But what happens if one tire's flat? How far am I going to go? We have in this uh, month, uh, Stu, we have a initiative through the Center of Suicide Prevention out of Calgary uh, issued an initiative called Buddy Up. It is men, uh, it is created by men, for men, in recognition of the fact that out of every four suicides, three are men or boys. I really like to expand this and say suicide impacts men, women, boys, girls, families, and our community. Um, and the embracement of all these different uh, tools. So having a higher level view, framework, and then know that there are four components if I choose to do so to really embrace my healing. There are four key components for me to be able to strengthen with the right tools to support myself in healing. Healing is only possible if I embrace those four. Compound that further with the importance of social and family connections and community, hugely important. I think the other song is that the ancestors know what we're going through. Could be our, my dad passed away when I was 12, when I was a young boy. But my dad's never left me. He's always been spiritually present. And I've always wondered how I was able to avoid the police or jail or prison over all these years. It's because I think my dad spiritually... Uh, end up influencing certain forces like the police and sending them down one road so I can go down another road. I think that's the only way it's possible. Uh, it's a miracle that I'm actually physically here. And if I was, it's a miracle that I'm not actually in some sort of cell or on the streets. So it's to embrace and be blessed of this. The second, the song, the second song, still really embrace with respect to ancestors it goes seven times when we dive, dive uh, deep into that. So it talks about our directions. It talks about the 
east, the south, the west, the north. It talks about, those are four. We talk about um, Mother Earth. That's a key component. And, if, and so important for us to, through, and you touched on it nicely, for us to be more environmentally aware and sensitive that Mother Nature, Mother Earth, is here to nurture and protect us and take care of us. I'm not so convinced that we as a humanity in general have done a great job taking care of Mother Earth. And I have my own spiritual perspective of the fact that this is one of the reasons why COVID happened. And it will continue to happen until humanity has wakened up enough to say we need to do a better job collectively to take care of Mother Earth, ourselves as individually, and the people around us. And our families. Uh, we also have um, Grandmother Moon, uh, Grandfather Sky, and that is our sixth direction. And the seventh direction is I want you to put your hand on your chest, Stu. There's number seven. It's within you. It's the great mystery. And I have the tools that allows me to connect with myself first and foremost, my five-year-old little boy. There are tools available. And we're here to collectively support one another through this healing journey. Thank you so much, Stu, for your time and for the uh, listeners to connect and share some space with us today. Thank you, Darren. It's it's an inspiration and a reminder of that more beautiful world. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. I hope you found great value in this episode with Darren Duguay. Once again, a big thank you to our sponsor, Karen Phytoplankton. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And you can also find me on Facebook and YouTube at The Connected Movement. Thanks again and see you next Monday.